Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight, as always, our aim is to shed some light on what's happening in the Australian stock market as our goal is to inform and educate you on the realities of of successful investing and trading in the stock market. This is also the show where you get to ask the stock market experts your questions and we give you the answers. Now our topic for tonight, why COVID-19 is not the biggest trading risk traders face right now, has probably had you hanging on the edge of your seats all afternoon, excited about what we'll share with you on the show tonight. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you, Dale? I'm fine. I really am fine. It's an awesome day today, wasn't it? Look, from a weather point of view or from just a market point of view? Oh, look, from a market point of view, it's interesting how people are taking the market in, in what they're actually doing. I mean, we're seeing a lot of stuff happening with reactions to COVID-19 and, and, and some of it you don't actually know that's happening and really is, you know, we're seeing a lot of more fear about what's going on with COVID-19, you know, there's stuff we can't control, how we react to it, all mm. of that sort of stuff. And, and the interesting thing is you're getting a lot of businesses struggling, you're getting more lockdowns here in Victoria, then we're getting more break, outbreaks in, in New South Wales. So there's a lot of people going, well, when's it going to outbreak with us? I mean, this morning we were talking, they were talking about a few more cases in Geelong and were there going to be lockdowns in Geelong as well? That's my hometown. Yeah, because it's only yeah. metropolitan Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, and there were some cases from Colac out of an abattoir. It's abattoirs. Well, how do abattoirs get it all the time? But anyway, there's an abattoirs in Colac had had a couple of cases. So, mm-hmm. but you get, you know, you're getting these pe- businesses are struggling all over the place. We're not. We're doing really, really well. So there's there some are, are doing some great. Are, yeah, there's some really innovative. I've seen some really cute mm-hmm. ideas that people are coming up with, and technology's oh, helping them do it. I watched the other day. You can make you can make um, a mask out of a sock. You know, <laughs> uh, and it's interesting. You know, because I mean, people how come do. How are not demonstrating that one? Tonight. I mean, like, I, I hope like you wash the sock before you make a mask out of it, gee. But you know, and I if you could be wearing yours, and if you had big feet, you'd have a floppy mask. But you know, that's really what it would be. But you know, but people are adapting, and that's the point. So, as human beings, we have that. It doesn't matter what happens to us, we adapt. And when you see on the news, it goes, well, we're Queenslanders and we can get through this, or we're New South Welshmen and we can do this, and or we're Americans and we do this. It's just humans. Queenslanders actually don't want us to come up there, I think, again. But they never have. So what's the difference now? (laughs) So they just hate Victorians because we're Mexicans to them. Yeah, we take over. Yeah, but the point is, I mean, farmers have had it tough, really, really tough. So there's a lot of struggling going on. The drought and the bushfires that affected people in the country Mm. and now COVID, it's really hard for some. Yeah, there's a lot of things. And if the unemployment does increase because other businesses have to uh, close, Mm. obviously in Victoria, and we see that if we go into lockdowns, that sort of stuff we might see people got employed and then get laid off again mm. in all these industries you know we're looking at obviously extending some of the stimulus packages there's a whole range of yeah, stuff going on yeah they're now saying it could right go now. on for another 12 months but yeah. for the people who really need it so it's, I mm. think it's going to be important that we do that yeah, and this is causing a whole shift in, in society and, and obviously not only just how we live, but how we do business as well. So there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Look, at I think it might be the one time in history mm. that we've ever seen Australia pull through something and do it really well. So, mm. so far, everything that they're putting in place looks like it's going to help. Oh, look, we're it's hugely better placed. I mean, mm. I was chatting with Jim Beach yesterday on my US market report about GDP in the US. 
you know, and debt in the US. Mm. Um, so, and that went up today in today's um, on YouTube in today. But you, the, the US had um, the GDP was like 52, 52% debt to GDP back in 1960. Mm-hmm. Australia's is around that now. Mm-hmm. The, the US, the US, on Monday, yeah, the US is now 132% or something mm-hmm. debt to GDP. Okay. So since the GFC, it's just taken off like a rocket. The Obama administration doubled it and now it's going up even further. So, you know, that's where there's this debt bubble coming through in the US. So that scares me a little bit. Mm. But anyway, anyway. Uh, let's keep going on. We, we can chat about that sort of stuff all night. But remember, if you do have a burning question for us, record a 30-second video on your phone or on your webcam. We love seeing your faces. And email it to info at wealthwithin.com.au. If you're shy, your ex-wife's after you, AGO, the mafia, anybody's after you, don't have to do the video. Just send the question to info at wealthwithin.com.au. But love to see your video. If tonight is your first time watching, then may I say a big welcome for joining us and uh, really, really do hope you like the show. Now, moving on quickly, we have the uh, this month, well, this tonight, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, third Tuesday, third of, the Tuesday month, of the month. I've got a drum roll. Yeah, I was waiting for that. And we're looking at world markets, of course, so let's get into the charts right now. I used to be a drummer when I was younger. (laughs) Not a very successful one, obviously. Yeah, that's why I gave up drums. (laughs) Yeah, actually, um, speaking of that, it was Motley Crue um, getting a revival. Did they want me to be the drummer? Maybe. You could could apply. I I don't think you'd have long enough hair. I was a drummer in the school band for a little while. wasn't that good at it. (laughs) That's why they kicked me out. On the screen there, you can see there we have the NASDAQ 100 index leading the board for the year at the moment, 13% up which is doing incredibly well. Um, Shanghai Composite sort of ha- halfway down the green section there at 8.66. Down below, we've got the ASX 200, um, 1% up. We've got the Nikkei, which is sort of line ball, about 0.73 down. Below that, we can see the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 6.5%, which is interesting, isn't it? Interesting yeah. that there's such a divergence between the, the NASDAQ and the Dow, but we know that's the technology t- type stocks that are ramping that up and then we've got the Hang Seng down 11% the FTSE which is just really ugly if you look at that index overall down 17% um, straight times industrial index is down 18% so there's the 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 winners and the losers at the moment for the year it really shows yeah, there's, there's a, a huge of, difference a lot of intermarket there? divergence mm. I mean obviously we're seeing that US with the Nasdaq mm. uh, the S&P and Dow, Dow down for the year um, most world markets, major world markets, are down for the year mm-hmm. um, compared to the Nasdaq. Yeah. But then you're also getting the Shanghai's up, but the Hang Seng's down. Well, we should mention India as well because yeah. I mean the BSE 30 India it's up nearly 10. percent Why? Mm. So when the rest of when most of the world, so Germany's down, the UK's down, Singapore's down, Hong Kong's down, yeah, they, Australia's down. They look down. to Asia a lot of the time. Yeah, we're, they're all down. Mm. Nasdaq's up, Shanghai's up. Interesting. Mm. Dow's down. S&P's down. So the big indexes are down, but there's some Mm. that are up. So what's going on? Bit of a shift there, I'd say. So what actually, to me, is about is where's the money going to be flowing? Obviously, money flows around the world in cash markets and stock markets. Okay. So at the moment, obviously, it's flowing into the Nasdaq and some other stuff. But eventually, those markets get way overheated, and then the smart money starts pulling out and pushing it somewhere else. So yeah. it's looking at where that money's being transferred to or will get transferred to because mm. they'll be the next markets to take off. Good point. But it is interesting to seeing where these markets are, and is the Nasdaq peaking out? Is that Nasdaq comp going to peak out? Let's just have a look shorter term to see what's happening. So if mm. we look at the last month, say... We can see the the Shanghai comps up the top. Mm. Um, Nasdaq's still up there at 100. The Indi- it's not much of a change really for the for the main leaders. But the bottom mm. straight time industrial index is towards the bottom, mm. but it's still positive. There's a sea of mm. green there for the last month, which is positive. Mm. And the Australian All Ordinaries Index is is down in uh, lower. It's actually not in the middle of the board. It's actually around two percent with mm. the Nikkei. The Hang Seng at two and a half percent, and uh, the DAX looking at that, it's actually quite up. It's at 6% for mm. the month, so that's looking quite good. But, you know, it's changing all the time at the moment. It's really shifting. So if we're looking at the chart on the right, which we won't go into the full details of it, but we're seeing a whole lot of these indices go from leading um, to more of a lagging scenario, which is 
um, interesting. So until they start pushing back up into this zone in the blue, then when you know, but then this is very short term as that's well. That's very short term, yeah. So that's why we're looking at the, on the left hand side. We look at the yearly, we look at the monthly, and sometimes we look at the weekly. But I don't really think there's a need to look at the weekly at this point. I just think we stick with no. the monthly perspective. But I think what you're saying is what goes up comes down, and what goes Eventually. down comes up. Yeah. So therefore, there's going to be a swing in the market markets mm. and the money's going to flow out of the NASDAQ and the Shanghai and go somewhere else. Yeah. And that's mm. really what's coming to happen. That's the timing of when that's going to happen. Correct. So it, just watch on that. But now it's time to get into your questions. So this is the exciting part. And we do have a video. First up, we'd like to thank everyone for their questions. Now, remember, if you do have a question, uh, the more detail you provide, the more likely your question will actually be answered. First up, we have a video question from Francois. Hi, Dale and Janine. Hope you are well. I have attached... It's a video question, Janine, so he's going to play the video for you. Oh, OK. <laughs> Hi, Dale and Janine. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, just want to ask a quick question regarding SEEK, um, code S-E-K. Um, quite interested in the stock. I've recently joined the Trading Mentor course, enjoying it immensely and learning so much. Um, look, not in the stock at the moment, not in SEEK at the moment. Uh, quite keen to have your thoughts on it. Uh, would be interested in um, getting into the stock potentially soon. Please let me know your thoughts. Thanks for the show. Bye. Well, that was a great question from Francois, and uh, we're going to bring up the stock. So you're going to bring it up on here, aren't we? So we're going to have a good look at that. Now, Francois is one of my good mates now, I reckon. <laughs> so, but we haven't had a beer because we've been in lockdown, but um, he's still a good-looking dude like me. So let's just bring up the stock and have a look at Seek for you. I do like Seek. See, um, yes, it has been one of those really good trading stocks over many, many years, hasn't it? But the overall pattern is really confusing. Mm. From our point of view, From a t this is where it gets interesting. And like the market right now is confused traders mm. who have been in the market for a long mm. time, right? And if you're looking at what's happening on Seek from a pattern perspective, it looks like it should have been, you know, going down further, but mm. it's actually rebounded like the rest of the market and it's trading back up to its recent highs. So, you know, it's got strong support, obviously, from the COVID decline all the way under here at around $12, $13 is really, really strong. And then we're seeing some potential resistance up around these highs that could occur. But this week it's still strong, but it is early in the week. So we don't know at this point whether it's going to hold up until Friday. But so far it's looking good. Hmm. I know a lot of people were thinking Seek would be a real gun stock because of, you know, unemployment's increasing, more people looking for jobs, all but that sort of stuff. But not if they're not advertising. But not if they're advertising. And, you know, so. they, they made a big commitment to go overseas mm. right at a time when everything's just fallen apart. So, mm. you know, how is that impacting on them? That's the question as well. But looking a lot, you know, obviously the market thinks that they're more resilient. Yeah, so is it overheated now? That's sort of what I'm asking yeah. a question. If you look at that compared to the All Lords and lots of other stocks, it's risen a lot more back mm. up to where it was prior to the COVID meltdown, more so than many, many, many other stocks. So is it overshot the mark or is it, or is it still have to, more to go? If you're not yeah. in it, I'd be staying with it right now because it's looking good. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're if you in it, you'd be staying mm. with it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. be staying with it. If I'm not in it, mm. would you be looking to get into it? Now it's close to that all-time high or that previous big high there. Okay, cool. That would be the question that I've got. But uh, great question, Francois, and thanks for asking it. Uh, now we've got a question from Ali who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Bought Web last month, or Webjet, at $4.17. It's now trading at $2.85 now. I'd like to top up more. Is it advisable? Um, please share your thoughts. Thank Ali. Top up. I don't like top ups. I, I think That's why I gave you that one. Yeah, you don't. You, you give me all the ones that everybody thinks. No, I thought thinks. you'd actually reflect on a story that... Um, what happened to somebody who actually did do this? Well, this I can't remember the story. Ago. Which story was that? I've got millions of them. I thought he'd be quicker tonight off the, oh, off yeah, the mark. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I'll, I'll reflect <laughs> on the story. <laughs> and the way it went was this person actually doubled up, right? So there's a whole theory in the stock market about oh, yes. dollar cost averaging and if a stock price falls, then you can buy more. So when, when prices fall, I can get it cheaper. But I remember a story that Dale told me about, which was, um, you know, he, 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 he joked about someone having a business. I think I can't think it was a corner store. I can't remember. This is a long time ago. And then he said, if I went into a corner store and the guy said, oh, do you want to invest in my business? It's going really well. And I looked at the books and it was all looking fine and I invested in it. And then six months later, I went back and there were 
no no stock on the shelves and there were there were no customers coming in and oh mate do you want to invest some more I'd be saying no. you'd be saying no way would I put any more money into that mm. corner store so um, I was thinking that you, when you're speaking to Ali you're going to be saying first of all don't put good money after bad. Yeah, well, we don't know. I mean, go and have a look at Webjet. So it's all day depending on, but there's an argument is do, when do you add to a position you've already got? Yep. And one is you don't do it when you're losing money. Yep. So number one priority is if if Webjet, if you do own it, Webjet, and he said he does own it, so he bought it at, was it $4.19 or something? So what's it trading at now? Look, it's well below that now. So, so it's actually recently traded below $3. It's mm. just above that. Mm. Yeah, so so in my mind, Ali shouldn't be adding to that. If he's bought it there, he's in a loss mm. situation. So that's one thing you don't do is compound things by adding more into a stock and thinking, oh, I'm going to dollar cost averaging. Now, I know some people some people out there saying dollar cost averaging, yeah, it works. Well, it really is not. It's, if you want to make better returns and great returns, dollar cost averaging shouldn't be a strategy. People do it and people do make some money, but by doing it, you don't make as much money as you could if you understood when to enter and when to exit. Um, and, but dollar cost averaging, buying more of something you're losing on is just not wise investing. So that's number one. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, mm. right now the stock's pulling back. Mm. It's it's in a low. It mm. may actually trade up for a few weeks from here. Possibly. But, but it's still testing in that bottom, really. But isn't the question, is this medium, medium to longer term bullish or not? That's mm. when you decide to add. But again, if you're in profit, you'd look at adding some to it. Or yeah. you could look at adding some to it, but you wouldn't be adding, doubling your position because I find normally you get FX traders and people like that that make a loss and so then they double up their next position to try and make their That's money crazy. back. And it is crazy because they end up losing a lot and mm. we've got thousands of stories of people that you know kill themselves in their trading because they're chasing by doubling up trying to get their money back. Mm. Obviously, this person, Ali's not trying to do that. He's just saying, can I buy some more right now? Yep. And my answer is... I don't think so. To me, that sounds more like going to the casino mm. and putting something mm. on, on mm. roulette wheel. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, the next question we have tonight is from Wayne. Hi, Dale. Could you do a segment on superannuation? It's a good investment in your... Is it a good investment in your opinion? Now, this is something we, we've talked about over the years, written articles on, mm. debated over the years. Superannuation is a good investment for a lot of people because it's for saving... Those people may not otherwise have had it. And you've written articles recently on mm. superannuation and how with the um, government's access, giving access to their superannuation, a lot of people are either taking bets on the stock market, they're spending it on things that otherwise, some things you told me about were quite strange, <laughs> that people were spending their money on medical procedures and things that you're probably not going to go into, but um, things like that. That and so superannuation is not meant for that. It's actually meant so that you can pay your your, your for yourself mm. in retirement, so that the government doesn't have to fund you. You become a self-funded retiree essentially. But we all know that most people don't have enough in super and may not have ever have enough in super to be able to do that anyway. Which is why you need things like being able to trade the market and investing the funds that you do have. But it is good from a tax point of view. So if you're able to earn a decent return on your superannuation and some people are very careful about which um, super funds they put their money in and, and spend time working things out and other people don't they just plonk it somewhere and leave it forever and a day it's um, you know a set and forget sort of thing whereas there are others another group of people who went to self-managed super and took control of their superannuation and they're actually mm -hmm. trading their own super themselves so that's a, a third area so you know superannuation is good um, it's just a question of what you do. And, and I, don't, I think it's a risk, though, to put all your eggs in one basket. If you're putting money into superannuation, then you have to really seriously consider it because the government could change the laws at any time. Now, we're in a COVID situation where the government has borrowed an exorbitant amount of money. Now, it's not out of the question that the government may at some point decide to enforce a rule that says that X percent of your superannuation has to go into government bonds or something like that. You know, that has happened over time. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens down the track. I'm not saying that that's what they're talking about because I haven't heard anything mm. of you about that. Um, and we tend to be a more of a free market here in Australia rather than a dictatorship where they do that sort of mm. thing. But it, it could happen. So I think super is good, but I, but I also think that you've got to look at your overall picture, not just 
looking at it from, okay, superannuation, that's what I want to do. But you did ask, um, could we do a segment on it in future? And I think we should. I think we should too. Yeah, so we will mm. look at that down the track. Thank you. So did you like my answer? That was pretty good, wasn't it? Like, it wasn't <laughs> for me to answer anyway. I have a love-hate relationship with super. I love it and I hate it, absolutely hate it. Um, but anyway, let's get on with that. We might do that in when we do the actual segment on superannuation. But now we've got a question from Fahad. Um, he says, hi, Dale and Janine. I'm a regular viewer on this channel. Thank you. And I absolutely love your show. I've read both of your books, Dale, and even considered doing The Trading Mentor. Why are you considering doing it? Just do it. Uh, my question is around ResMed and FPH. Uh, they both seem to have been have broken that sideways movement on the weekly chart and seem to be taking off, breaking their previous all-time highs. I've held ResMed previously bought in at around $14 and sold around $24. Um, he says he sold out of fear during the peak of COVID onslaught, even though there wasn't an exit signal lesson learned. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of entertain, uh, entering both of these stocks, but I'm worried because A, they have gone beyond their all-time highs, so there's no history at those levels, and B, if we go into lockdown again across Australia and the market turns, they may go down with it. Uh, what's your take on these two stocks? Mm-hmm. Awesome question, isn't it? And which I one? Are you, we've got. I've got Resmed up you there picked, for you. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you picked Resmed. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, is he's not in either one, is it? So it, it no. gets down to: is it going up, or is it going to? Is it something that's going down? It's going up right now, but how far is it going to go up? And and that's really where a lot of people don't have rules around it so well he just said that there's no history to be able to work that out now mm, if is. he had done the course one of our courses particularly the diploma if you've done the diploma you will know how to work out mm. where the levels are in mm. blue sky so essentially when a stock trades to a new old i hope you don't mind me saying this but essentially i've just taken over <laughs> when, a sto- when a stock tra- trades to a new all-time high we call it's in blue sky but there are actually levels in blue sky where that you can find from mm. technical analysis if you know how so that's one of the beauties of what we do yeah i think people the biggest thing I keep saying is people don't know where to exit. Mm. And that's the thing is just because you can get in and people love to get in. They think, I'm going to make some money. And that's what you're thinking when you buy. And this is a blue sky. And they go, oh, look, if I get in, then it's the what if it falls away, which is the question. Well, what yeah. if it falls away? Well, that means it's just have a stop loss on it. So what is your stop loss mm. that you're going to put onto that? But, yeah, you, I mean, you're right. We we Most people don't know how far a stock's going to run. They guess mm. completely at it. They might okay. read a broker report. It's worth X dollars. Or they might guess, oh, well, it's doing this, it's doing that, so it should be this, or it should double. But we actually teach people in our courses both how to work out direction and how strong that direction is going to be and how far it's going to go with high Mm. probability so that you can go, yeah, look, I think this is going to go another 10 or 20%. And so then you can get in with confidence, set your stop loss underneath it and watch it. If it goes down, you just exit at a nice place. If it goes up, you know roughly where it's going to find some resistance or may falter and turn around. Um, and then you're ready to exit at that point as well. But really good question. But right now, I'm not going to tell you to buy into this stock because, as I said, uh, you do need some rules around it. Yeah, it's at all-time highs. It's going a little bit more vertical, but right now it's going up, and so we need to assume it's going to continue to do so. Okay. Remember to hit that subscribe button and like the video. Also, remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can grow and help more people. Have you ever shared it with me? (laughs) Janine doesn't have social media, guys. She just does not have social media. (laughs) Now it's time to get into the topic for tonight, which is why COVID-19 is not the biggest trading risk traders face right now. I'm also depressed because you never send me anything from social media. Before we share the answers for any many people, COVID-19 has created fear as so many have lost their lives to the virus. For others, the pandemic has meant they have been left suddenly unemployed. Mm. And there are many who view COVID-19 as just inconvenient as they've been confined to their homes. And for a lot of people, whether or not they're working from home, they now have a lot more free time. So what are the masses doing? Well, they're chatting in social media. <laughs> along, not not you. <laughs> along with being bombarded with ads saying how easy it is to trade and many have been enticed by free brokerage and other incentives to trade the market with little or no knowledge. Now, thousands of people who previously had no time or inclination to get into trading have turned to the stock market in droves in an attempt to profit. Now they've become part of what we call herd mentality and that fuels the stock market. And when individuals do this en masse, it creates a bubble. 
And this is why we believe that COVID-19 isn't the biggest trading risk that many are facing right now. One of the biggest trading risks right now is easy access that traders have to day trading complex investment products through emoji-filled phone notifications that make trading the stock market feel like a game. Now, technology is accelerating what's going on. So we want to share with you an understanding of how bubbles form and provide insights about what to avoid in the current bubble so you won't become a statistic. Dale will explain what a bubble is and how they occur so you can avoid being caught out. Really good. Very good. Um, with the, can I say a lot of people think bubbles are just the stock market as a whole. So the, the, first, the first myth I want to bust is stocks go into bubbles and stock markets go into bubbles and you can have multiple stock markets within bubbles at any one time. But bubbles can happen in, as I said, in, in markets, in individual stocks right across the board. And that's really what the first thing we need to understand. And right now, we're not really in a, it's not normal, is it, at the moment? The, if we're, we're, we th There's a lot of signs that we're in a bubble right now. But it's not a typical type of bubble, which normally happens at the, like the end of the GFC, where you get this vertical rise of the market. It's new all-time highs. We've had yeah. this big meltdown into March, take off 38%, and now we've been sideways for the last four weeks. But a lot of the signs we're seeing are bubblish-like, mm. and that's what we're seeing here. And so we're actually seeing a lot of, um, as, as Janine said, a lot of apps, that sort of stuff going into uh, people seeing their phones you know I was, only today I, I was i went on to some website and all of a sudden it pops up you know buy this stock commission free blah 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 click this button and i'm thinking what the hell like you know it's it's helping this technology is allowing a lot of people to necessarily turn their brain off i'd say and click on it and go oh that's pretty cool i can do that and make some money on the stock market and we're seeing that a lot and so to me is we need to be very very careful of stock market bubbles because it's that rampant speculation that we're getting and we've seen a lot of examples of that in stocks at the moment and that's really what's concerning me at the moment yeah and i think the the industry mm. is sitting back and watching what mm. people are doing so mm. you Big Brother is watching you, so just remember that. And once they actually understand the way that people are going to respond, they're going mm. to use that. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we've got some examples coming up um, in, uh, in what we're talking about in terms of uh, some of the examples in the past that I had with Biota. I mean, Tesla's a big example at the moment. Um, we've also got Afterpay as an example in the Australian market at this particular time as well. So there's a few different examples that we do have of it. But I want to talk a bit about one that I've seen, and there was an article in... Um, uh, a newspaper article I read in the New York Times, and it, I think it came out on the roughly the 8th of July. Um, so we had a bit of a look at that. Um, and we're we'll going to talk about that a bit later, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but you want to talk about Biota at the moment. Okay. Yeah, look, that was one of the stocks that we were mm. using as the example of where there's been a, a bubble essentially mm. in a in a sector of the market and then the stock's been cr completely crunched mm. and you can see that we've got a chart up there showing what happened with biota and biota fell almost 100 percent of its mm. value so you just wouldn't expect that a stock that had been talked about so much that was trading up strongly you know trading between six eight seven or eight dollars it wasn't a penny stock no it wasn't it mm. wasn't i remember so many different um, people calling up going, oh, I've got to get on a biota, got to get on to biota. And I go, why? And they go, because they're going to get the flu vaccine mm. approved by the FDA in three weeks' time. So I've got to buy it now. And I go, but why? And they go, because it's going to go through the roof when it's approved. I said, it's already gone through the roof. Why are you jumping on at the end? Yeah. And then it didn't get FDA approval. It tanked. And this is what we're seeing on the chart. Mm. It tanked after that. And then people lost the money. And I think that did it about at least three times, I think, they got knocked back before they finally got Well, what made it worse up. is this is around the time of the tech wreck mm. mm. as well. So there were a lot of stocks that were being mm. completely slammed in the 90s and um, into early 2000 because of that when the market pulled back. Mm. So this is just, a, um, I guess, a casualty of it all. And it tried to continue on after that, and it just stumbled. Look at the chart, how it sort of tried to go up. It's yeah. been traded. Traders are trading that. Correct. Um, and investors are thinking they're going to get their money back, but will never. 
Yeah, and this is these people. If, if you look down here at the chart, you can see here after it crashed here through here and people were just hanging on, hoping, hoping, and it took off and they went, wow, look, if it gets back up to where it was up here, I'll get out. But then it went down and sideways again. Then it went up and then it went down. So for years, you mm. really weren't making money. Now, Biota still exists now. It was actually merged with the US company. They've released the flu vaccine, blah, blah, blah. So it's now traded on, I think, the NASDAQ. So, but what causes a bubble? Well, it's rampant speculation. And when we see rampant speculation, then it leads to a crash. But simply what causes a market to crash is simply we run out of buyers now because the buyers run out of cash because it's generally the most uneducated that are pushing the market up in the last part. Because we always know that the, that the, the professionals buy at the bottom and exit at the top and the amateurs buy at the top um, and, buy, and sell at the bottom. So what happens is is the amateurs run out of cash or people are just not willing to pay an overinflated price for that stock or them or the or the market in general. So what happens then is the market starts to tip over and then it, then the more it tips over the more panic selling happens and then it goes bang and then added to this we start getting short sellers in the stock and then they start selling the stock and then there's a big snowball effect and it keeps snowballing down and down and down and the more it goes down the more people panic the more people sell the more it goes down that's what causes the crash so it's a pretty bubbles and booms and busts happen in stocks that happen in markets and mm. there are stocks right now that we're having bubbles and biota that we showed you is an example of one of those isn't it yeah so did you want to look at tesla as well you said i oh, will look at that in a second but um okay. you know so what stage are we at right now yeah so what stage are we at in the current bubble and that's the real mm. challenge for us right so i i thought what i would do is mm. i'll bring up a chart of just the um the market so mm. we just look at a general picture of the market to to see this so we can bring up the All Ordinaries Index to talk about it. Now, if you look at our market, if we go back in history on the monthly chart, and I've got that there on the screen for you, you'll see back in the, in the past where we had stock market bubbles. So, okay, before the GFC hit, you could mm -hmm. say that was a bubble because we had every man and his dog buying stocks towards the high, and Correct. then we saw the crunch unfold afterwards. In 87 there was technically a bubble there as well because the stock market had accelerated. And you can see on the bottom hand, left hand side of my chart there how steep the acceleration was. It looks small relative to the rest of the chart, but believe me, back then it was huge. It was it huge. Was I mean, look at that. Look at that rise. So these are, mm. you know, these are stock market frenzied, um, fueled buying that's going on there. And then we saw this particular area here. See the acceleration mm. that took off in the 90s and then the, the market corrected. Now, what's interesting is we had the, 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 the bubble in the late 90s, late 90s into two, early 2000, and the correction that followed, okay? But when you look at that, the rise wasn't euphoric. No. But it was a stop start constantly because we had the 87, the, I mean, so we had the 97, the Asia crisis yep. in 97, 98, and that pulled the market back and slowed it down for a little bit. And then, of course, there was there were all these stop starts. There was a lot of things happening around that time, and, and the tech... Um, bubble was all part of that. Yeah, early around 2000. But, uh, but that was mm. a, only a part of the market, right? Mm. So there were other stocks on the market and therefore that's why the broader market didn't look like it was in a bubble because mm. we didn't have that explosiveness. So I I'm not sure whether this is a similar sort of thing because we're seeing the tech side take off again, which was what happened in the late 90s and 2000. And this time we're seeing that, but we're not at new all-time highs. The market's mm. fallen. We're not there yet. So that's why, and I'm, I look looking back, you can see that it took about six years, six and a half years for our market to get to a new all-time high after the 87 crash. Mm. Well, we've actually had double that amount of time to get to a to new all-time high more. recently. So it's not like we've had this massive rampant speculation mm. in the lead-up to the recent all-time high, mm. um, not like any of what's happened in the past. So to me, I don't think it's an overinflated situation of the broader market. No, but what we're seeing now it's is a section, a section of, the of the market. Yeah. And to me, it's very, very reminiscent of the Bitcoin bubble mm. that everybody was buying and buying and buying and buying like I had my pool guy telling me he was buying Bitcoin. I had the gardener telling me they were buying Bitcoin and asking my opinion. I had yeah, people it's down the, same the shops. fundamentals is what I you're had, saying. And everybody, yeah. they were, they're all under 35 buying or all retirees buying it, yep. you know, and you'd, go, and you'd have people chatting to you. Recently, I had our electrician saying, people he's talking to, that he'd never 
thought would ever be in the stock market are talking about buying all these different stocks. So it's you're getting that same stuff happening mm. now. But yeah, you know, but what we, we haven't updated mm. in our research mm. is the the lending side of it. Correct. Yet you see, and so that's what we've got to do. Is at some point we'll come back to you and talk to you about this. Is what's mm. happening because we know that when the GFC and the crunch happened there, there was a massive blowout in the amount of leverage that people were using. Mm. And are we seeing that now? I don't know. Like that's no. the question that we bring back to you next time. We well, we sort it. of are and we are, but let's move on anyway. So besides the sharp rise in some stocks, another interesting sign is that brokers have reported massive increases in new account openings this year and in trading volumes, of course, we've heard about that. Now, brokers know that booms are followed by busts and they're aware that a lot of these new accounts are going to be eventually closed and become statistics and people will lose their money. But many rely on the greater full theory. And that was actually Dale's uh, words. There. I don't know oh, where you got that me. from. Yes, I'll put my hand That up. was a good one. <laughs> Meaning there will always be another new account opened by the next round of those attempting to profit. Mm. But that's, market, but that's, how the, that's how brokers work, isn't so it? So imagine the impact of all these new apps. Thousands of account holders with easy access to the internet at a touch of a button who want everything now. And they're being bombarded with trading opportunities that can all make trading seem easy and fun for someone who has very little clue about how the market works. And this happens in every cycle. Only the speed of the information is different this time with the availability of these trading apps. Mm. So I've got a thought on this. And my thinking is that mm-hmm. we've seen these sharks come into our market, okay? ASIC had told them to stop putting so many trades onto the market. Correct. This is big institutions. So they've seen an opportunity and they've slammed the market. They just sit back and watch now mm. because there's technology out there that's going to get the little people to push it back up for yeah. them again. Mm. So they win on both sides. They win on both sides. But also with when you're looking at FX and things like that, there's a lot of ASIC regulations coming out. Instead of being able to leverage 99 or 100 to 1, you're only about to leverage 20 to 1. There's a lot mm. of changes coming up as well. But Yeah, but so they've yeah. taken they've taken mm. the, the stocks that were in our super funds that the super funds have loaned mm. out to them. Mm. They've taken those and they've actually borrowed them from the super funds. Your super funds are probably allowing that. Yep. And then they're short selling those socks. So they go and sell it on the market. That causes the an acceleration of that decline. Mm-hmm. And then they just go and buy it back in buy at the it all bottom. back in at the bottom. So that's what they're doing. But there is an app, and as I mentioned mm-hmm. a minute ago, there was an app that I read about in the New York Times article, which was, as I said, I think was the 8th of July that I read about last week. And uh, with, this, uh, with this app, the millennials are using that is seriously too easy to use. It works like a little mm-hmm. like a game. And in fact, it was actually created by gamers and this app is causing a bubble on Tesla stock. And I was chatting with Jim Beach in the US on this one last week and a little bit yesterday in my report, or the one that went out today as well. But 40,000 app users bought Tesla stocks in four hours on Monday, the 13th of July. That was reported in another article in the US. And now at one stage, it was up 16%, only for it to close lower um, on that day than it opened. Now, volume on that particular day was more than double normal volumes and the largest in four months. Now, what I think was happening at the time was the people with the app obviously own Tesla, or I'm thinking they own Tesla, they put out to everybody else to buy it, and then they started selling into that. So because it jumped up and but then it traded down. you don't know that. What you're saying is that's a good thing. No, but that's what I think is happening mm. because they're ramping it because they know this button pops up on somebody's app and they yeah. go, buy Tesla, it's gone up 300%. But essentially what brokers do anyway is they'll they'll do that. Yeah. So the people who get the free information. Mm. But how do they make money? They've got clients who are paying big money for them to manage those accounts. Yes. And then they send out free, these are the stocks we think are great, so people get in on top of that. You're saying it's the same sort of thing. Same sort of thing. Now, these millennial day traders, they had an average age of 31, and that's what uh, the article reported. And we're borrowing money off their credit cards and other sources and literally gambling Mm. or playing with their money. Now, this is really scary stuff. Now, the app is essentially allowing a person to place trades with a broker and there are no commissions. But don't think that commission-free is good. 
as you are paying somewhere. No, I don't know about you guys, but I don't work for free and I'm sure you don't. So if you're trading with a broker that is commission free, they're making money somewhere and it's coming out of your back pocket somewhere along the line, it will cost you money. So, But most people won't understand this or how the charges are working on these apps because they've never taken the time now, to look at the how, fine print. How is it the financial industry have to make it clear to people these, about these sorts of things? They but do, they but don't. people don't read the fine print. Yeah, okay, they so is it that fine, really tiny, tiny print? Yeah, or, well, no, it's not really. It's it easy to find. Bold. You go to their website or you look at the app and you look at the terms and conditions and how they charge fees. But I can guarantee you, if somebody's watching and they've got an app on their phone, I can guarantee you with probably 98% certainty they haven't read the terms and conditions yeah. or gone into detail of what the charges are or understood them properly mm. and how it actually works, but they do. Mm. Um, but this is just not isolated to the US. It really is a global thing, and, and it is happening here too. Some of some Australians use the app that I, that I was I'm talking about, and you can go and Google that ad, that um, article yourself if you want to do that. But they are using that app and other apps to entice them to day trade. Not ex unexpectedly, these young players say this is different, you know, from a past boom bust moves. I know what I'm doing, you know, I'm okay, I'm pretty tech savvy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so I'll be fine. And what they're doing by tr using mm. these apps is they're falling into this trap which is a herd mentality, thinking they know what they're doing. But they don't know what the research behind all this stuff. They're not having proper strategies around all of that, and they think they do, but there will be blood on the street. There is mm -hmm. absolutely no doubt in my mind that a disaster is waiting to happen for some of these people. Not all of them, but there will be lots of people. And, and the article actually talks about one guy in the US who lost $875,000. Jeez. And to get into the app, he borrowed on three separate credit cards all mm. his money. So, and that's scary stuff to me. But anyway, um, Jenny and I have been around a few decades, and uh, those are famous last words that I just mentioned. You know, I'll be fine. I'm okay. I know what I'm doing. They're the famous last words we've heard so many times. We heard it in the 1987 crash, the Asia crisis, the tech boom bust, Bitcoin, crypto boom, you name it, uh, just to name a few. Now, Jenny and I are going to show you a couple of more examples, but I'm going to bring up. Um, uh, we're going to bring up the Bitcoin index, and we're going to show you a little bit on, little on Tesla before we finish up. All right, so there we do have the Bitcoin index NYXBT. Good mm. to keep an eye on, actually, and see what's going on out there. You can see mm. that um, in 2018, the index dropped 82%. So this is when we were, we were warning people when it was ramping up. And I was we were telling everyone in 2017, calls, yeah. People in their superannuation who were buying this the, the Bitcoin and putting a all of their money. One lady, she was going to put all of her money into yep. the Bitcoin. That Retirees, you name it, putting all um, their money into it. And it just got slammed. Mm -hmm. we, just, we could just see it coming. Mm -hmm. And then, so this is a bubble, right? And so then what happened after that, it did rebound, but it never got to the highs when most people were actually going into it. So mm -hmm. when they were starting to push it in the media, really push it, this is around this period mm -hmm. here in 2017. So people buying into that peak still haven't made money out of it. Yeah. So, so. look, and now it's actually come back. They're probably mm -hmm. at line ball, but there's mm. still risk on the downside at the moment. All right, so, so let's have a quick look at Tesla before yeah. we move on to okay. We've got to finish Tesla. up. So here's Tesla. So if you're looking at Tesla here, this is the week. It gapped right up. Where's my pointer? It gapped right up here. If I go onto the daily chart, you'll actually see what I'm talking about. So if we go to the 13th, if I just go that out here, and we'll, we'll just we'll drag that out here. Oh. Can you give me the mouse? Because I'm only trying to use my finger here. There you go. Oh, what did I just do then? Just you want me to do it for you. <laughs> give it to me. I'll go. There you go. Oh, let me go to here, wherever it is. I thought you See, were tech savvy. I am tech savvy. So this is the day. The This is the exact day. So that's the 13th that I'd mentioned there. So what happens is it probably went out on the app that morning. 40,000 people bought it at these prices. And then everything the selling came into it. Now, it's gone up here but if you bought it up here and it's dropped down to here most of those people would have started getting out going oh my god what have i done now so on one hand we could sit there and say mm. bastards and can i use the swear word you, I, I don't have the swear jars so you um, can use it for doing that but on the other hand mm. you've got to be savvy a bit savvier about things when Correct. you're going to the stock market don't just it's believe just... what you see on an app or on mm. a website or whatever else you've got to do your own research so look Closing up on this, so COVID-19 is not the big risk traders have right now. It's getting caught up in FOMO mm -hmm. and easy access to trade 
large sums of money at a click of a button. And also social media is fueling the herd mentality. And let's not forget the heavy marketing around getting people to trade. Mm. So this is a big problem. But technology isn't the problem. It allows us to achieve some amazing things, but it doesn't change that society will act on fear and greed every time. And the vast majority will fail to take the time to truly understand the market. And so the cycle does repeat. Mm. Now let's get into some that was a bit depressing, wasn't it? Well, it was, but... Let's um... get into some emails to cheer things up a bit. But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on the like button. Well, sometimes we need to be that sage reality seeker person, don't we? I mean, because there are people out there borrowing lots of money to get in the market right now, buying stuff that's in a bubble. It's funny you said that I had this mm. little vision of you um, levitating and with your... Levitating. You know, <laughs> okay, let's get on to the questions. Um, this question is from... Oh, geez, you give me all the tough names. Lack I did on Minda. purpose. Lack Minda. Hopefully I said that okay. Um, <laughs> hi, Dale and Janine. I really enjoy your YouTube channel. Thank you very much for being on their show. I made a huge mistake and bought $170,000 worth of shares in OPY at the all-time high for $4.90 and it immediately crashed. Um, I'm currently in a loss of $45,000 and the price is going lower. What can or should I do? Do you think it will recover by the end of the year or shoot again or shoot up again when there's another announcement or likely to go up during a Christmas time as more people will be spending? I assume similar things. Um, with Sezzle, I bought about 10k worth at the all-time high of 8.83 per share. It's down about 25%. Would appreciate um, your help, re OPY and Sezzle too, if possible. Thank you, kind regards, Lakminda. Um, first thing is your position sizing is way, way out of whack. If you're putting 175,000 in one stock and 10 into another one, you're not practicing really good money management at all. It's actually no money management. I'm assuming, and I'm not. Trying, I'm just guessing at this, um, that you got some super hot tip. You thought the one you put $175,000 in, I thought you probably thought that was a real hot short tip um, and it was going to fly through the roof. So you put way too much in it, as you said, um, and you've got bitten because of it. It doesn't matter how hot the tip is, whether it even comes from the CEO that is your next door neighbor, never ever change your position sizing to what's, um, what's good. And position sizing means if, you know, we talk about it all the time on here, somewhere between eight and 12 shares. So if you want eight shares in your portfolio, put 12% in each share. If you want 12 shares in your portfolio, put 8% in every share. And you stick to that uh, because situations like this will happen. The little greedy bug hits and you go, oh, I might jump into this because I'm going to make far more money on it. And you've been bitten on the backside. Um, Read Dale's book. That'll tell you all about that. Yeah. Well, one of the quotes in my book is your education, you'll be paying for your education one way or another. And you've paid four times for your education that would have been just doing our diploma course that would have kept you right out of that. I think that's enough now. I think he's quite brave to actually bring it up. I think he's great. Mm. Yeah, I think it is great that that he's actually brought this up. But let's have a look at the stock. Yeah, look, I I wasn't having a go at him, was I? I know, I think, because your your style is to actually um, help people Hmm. by getting them to see what they're doing and what they could do. What they could do, yeah. Yeah, but in some cases, like if you're sitting there and you're you're in a lost situation, you don't want to hear it, but he obviously is well, open to, to it. it. Yeah, and he that's needs to hear it, loss. and that's your point. Mm. But in this case with OpenPay, the, mm. the interesting thing is that the stock did ramp right up to about $5 mm. and then ended up coming back. This was last month, mm. um, last week. It came back to close at $3.74. Mm. Right, so this is probably where he's got stuck. And, and I think you're right. I think that there's probably a situation where he's been there's been a, a report or something's come out, a tip, mm. and he's taken it because why else would you take well, somebody it somebody like knows that? has told him to get into it because they're making money or something like that's happened yeah. rather yeah. than doing solid analysis and have solid So this is where it. one, look at a chart always. And the first thing is there's no history on mm. the share to Not be able to do a good analysis. So this is really short-term trading stuff we're talking mm. about. And to be, you know... Uh, you know, there's no trough for miles. Like the last trough is way down here if you were trying to get in up there. So um, is this going to go up? That's what he wants to know. Look, it could. It could. But it's just 
it's either he or they, you know, it could I'd be one way or the other. Draw a line in the sand. That's really what I'd do. Yeah, look, I mean, if, it, if the problem is that when you're talking about a stock like, mm. yeah, when you're talking about a stock like this, it doesn't have to move far to fall no. away. So it could move 20% before it takes out that low or mm. even more. Yeah. But if it, once it goes through that low, then it's gone. Yeah. So as long so as it stays how are we going to help him? Okay. So the first thing I would say, draw a line in the sand. How much do you want to lose or what's acceptable? Obviously, 45 is too much. So draw a line in look, the sand. Look, it's probably gone up since he sent in the email. Correct. Right? So it's actually going up. So at what point? So that's yeah. what we're saying. Or what I'm saying is draw a line, put a price down. Okay, if it starts to fall away, I guess, to this, that's, then I'm out. Yeah, that's if all it you goes up, say. then I'm going to raise that amount every time it goes up. So keep protecting that downside risk. That's really what I do, and yeah. that's probably all I could, you could do right yeah. now at this point in time. Yeah, that's so, a good thought. And hopefully that gets you out of it properly. But mm. let's move on. Okay. The next email we have is actually from Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Um, he says, "Hi, Dale. Oh, no, hi for me. That's good. You're popular." Yeah, hi, Janine. <laughs> I've been watching Wise Tech Global, WTC, keenly for some time now. And after reading your book, I believe this stock is currently testing a downtrend line on the weekly charts. I bought WTC at $14 back in March with no rules, thinking it was undervalued and sold at $19.50 towards the end of June when it made a lower low and looked to continue the downtrend. However, over the past week, I think it may be testing this trend and waiting for confirmation on this um, in the form of a close above 22.23 on the weekly chart. Could I please get your thoughts on my analysis? Cheers, Jesse. That was one of the ones I mentioned last week that took out to have a look at WiseTech. I almost had to have a breath there. For I know you did. You're getting breathy. I thought it was me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, looking at WiseTech, WTC, you can see on the chart there. Now, he's actually bought at 14 and sold, I think he said, at 19.50. Mm. Right, so there, there, he's saying that there was something reason to get out there, but I, I don't know what what that was. And at the moment, it's setting up to take off again. So he's he's actually got a reasonable theory in terms of waiting for it to trade above a certain level because mm. there is some resistance across these tops there um, that it would have to break to prove that it's going up. And I'd say if it's really strong by the end of this week, and if it trades above. Um, the high of two weeks ago, it may actually be, and it closes really strongly above that mm. at the end of any week, it may actually be quite a um, a good little trade if it keeps going up. But I like if it, his thinking. Yeah, if it falls back and takes out this low and does the opposite, of course, then you've got to be thinking mm. about the downside. And but he's doing some out. analysis. He's got rules around it, and that's, I think that's just fantastic. Yeah, well, look, there, there's a Jesse that's one yeah. of our students, but he didn't say that he's one of our students, and, and mm. just some of the things that he was saying is either he's picked up some things on the mm. show or he's um, he's been reading your book or Or he's read my book or course. whatever else. But, mm. I, look, I think it's great. So well done for that question and, and for looking at that stock. So thank you very much for that. Um, we've got an interesting question question from Phil who says, hi Dale and Janine, um, <laughs> I am looking at an entry point for ZUNO, ZNO, and the recent pullback suggests to me there is potential and entry point soon. Note that the stock is still in an overall uptrend and fundamentally the company is flourishing in the current COVID times. They are expanding in a number of key markets globally and the future looks promising. What are your thoughts on the stock? Keep up the great work. Uh, many thanks, kind regards, Phil. Thanks, Phil, for the question. So let's bring it all up. Look, I mean, it, he's talking mm -hmm. about the fundamentals and the whole, mm -hmm. um, you know, a business approach or whatever this mm -hmm. company is doing is looking promising, but that really doesn't mean much because no. you can get companies that are doing great and their share price looks terrible. Mm -hmm. On paper, they think that they're doing great. But Zono Group here, I mean, look, it's coming back to test support is basically what it's doing right now. Mm. But it, it's look at how volatile this stock is. It's a very volatile stock, isn't it? Mm. So that, what's mm. it doing? It's a go so it's been going down in the last couple of weeks. So if we bring that up, it's been going down. This is only two bars yesterday and today. So it was up today. It's probably down yesterday. So to me, it's not really giving us a sign of whether it stopped falling yet. It'd be interesting to see where the close is at the end of the week. If the close is down near the bottom of the bar, then there's a lot more further falls to go. Yeah. But if the cliff it moves up into the range of this bar and closes higher, then we might see it start to move up. But right now, it's probably a little bit too early to tell whether the down moves finished, isn't it? Yeah. So if they were, if if you were in this mm -hmm. stock, would you still be holding it? Yeah, I would. I'd still yep. be holding it. I'd be having some rules around that. But uh, if it started to drop away too much more, I'd be exiting. exiting. Yeah, okay. But right now it's to be hanging on to it. But it is a huge move. I mean, mm. it's really volatile from that high to where it currently is. If you look at that here, you're talking about a massive move. Oh, click on there. 
There you go. So to where it is now, that's 28%. It was already was down 35%. And this is where some people, they don't allow markets or stocks to actually move, but they just jump out really, really early mm. because it starts to fall away only for the stock to move around, turn around and go back up again. You need to allow them to, to fluctuate, and that's by having rules. And I was reading an email from a student today who sent me one, and he said um, he didn't stick to his rules on, mm. a, on a trade but he worked out that if he, he got out and he got out at a very small profit, but if he'd stuck to his rules, he would have made like 200%. But he panicked and got out and, and emotional. Mm. think I'll just get out at a bit of a profit. But if he'd followed his rules, so he said, tick, lesson learned, yeah. follow the rules. Mm. Because he'd worked the rules out on that particular stock. So trust yourself. Yep. But a lot of people I find don't really trust their rules mm -hmm. or themselves yep. when they're trading. But um, great question. But as I said, right now, it's probably a little bit too early to tell. Okay. This next email is from Troy. Hi, Dale. A very informative program you put on every week. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I was interested in your thoughts on AGL. Actually, this is one of my favourites. Yeah. As we're in officially in a recession and utilities have been historically strong in recession and depression market cycles, the stock is in a confirmed downtrend. If an entry signal was to be established, it would seem that this could be a great opportunity to invest as all the fundamentals seem quite strong. P.S. I purchased your book, Accelerate Your Wealth, and found it to be a good read and took some valuable informative away from it. Regards, Troy. Thanks, Troy. Now, I think he's taken the tip that you'll get your question answered if he puts your book in. <laughs> that's your tip. You tell I everybody. Tell if you mention Dale's that. book that you've read it, you'll yeah, get that's on. Right. No, all right. If you do so. a video, you'll get on. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so have a look at AGL. Uh, we can see there it has been in a long-term downtrend, mm. look, you know, medium to long-term. But it's more or less um, been sideways and attempting to push up. So is this a new opportunity? Well, potentially, uh, looking at the stock at the moment, it, it could actually trade up above the $18 mark over the coming weeks or months. And if we see that, that would actually be a really good sign. Yeah. So just um, you'd be watching it to see what it does, really, wouldn't you? You've got to like his thinking, don't you? You do. Like, you know, pat yourself on the back because I like the thinking. <laughs> um, and give yourself a gold star because I do think, you know, this stock's been trending down for quite some time. Mm. It hasn't looked great, but now it's looking better. It's got a bit of support. So what's the downside risk on this stock right now? It's, it's low, low, depending on where you set your stop loss. Correct. But a stock like this is going to give you that opportunity to yeah. do that. Whereas a lot of people are looking at buying stocks about risk. And this is my mm. argument with a lot of people. They're going, well, Dale, you're saying being careful. You know, you're saying stay out of the market a little bit earlier. And, you know, you're missing out on these opportunities. And I go, it's not about that. It's about mm. risk you're yep. taking and that's what people continually are not getting it's about risk what is the risk of buying something today is it high or is it low and yep. this is to me is a low risk trade if you took it if you get the signal mm. whereas a lot of people are taking really high risk trades on greed and that's that FOMO that we were talking about a little bit earlier they, they're seeing these little tips or their next door neighbours bought a stock or it's coming up on their app or whatever else and they're going oh I've got to get in on this because I'll miss out on it it's risen 100% last week so I'll jump in and that FOMO is, is in, has increased people's risks way over where it should be but it's a very smart question very I smart choice I wonder if the same psychology you know they took mm. I've watched a show once about mm. the pokies and how mm. when they designed the pokies they actually have used pigeons mm. um, to determine and how the best sounds and songs and whatever. Isn't Pigeons. that an insult to humans? Yeah. But, you know, I'm wondering whether, like, Pigeons. you know, if people get that win on the pokies and they get sucked into the pokies. They do. Do they then, is that the same sort of thinking with these apps? It's absolutely. Mm. It's this game. It's not It's not really, because they're not using, they're not handing out cash. They're mm. just hitting buttons. And there's one I was reading about only the other day that you just type in an amount. That's all you do. You don't even have to work out how many shares you're buying or whatever you're doing. You just type in an amount and they just buy it. And I'm like, what? Mm. You know, that's like seriously dangerous to me. But anyway, that's what people are doing. But let's get on to the next question because otherwise the Mr. Producer will start yelling at me. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. Thank you for your very informative videos. That's our pleasure. Um, I've read your second book and reading your first, done it backwards, but that's okay. Um, and learnt a lot. Um, though I realise there's a lot left to learn. Now, he goes on to say, I'd like to get your opinion on Polynovo. Um, I bought this last year and sold this recently at a moderate profit. When it was moving sideways, um, it has been declining lately. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on whether it will decline further or turn back up. And what, would, uh, what could be keeping an eye on the charts to make an entry? Best regards, Neil Mini. Again, another tough 
I gave them to you on purpose. Tough name you're yeah, giving to me. I know you me. love those. <laughs> I'm going to give you an alphabet name one day. <laughs> Come on. Let's have thing. a look. Yeah, you can do that. I had to say the name. Okay. Probably a lovely person. <laughs> yeah. um, let's look at the stock. All right. PNV is the stock. Now, what's interesting from a person who's done technical analysis is the pattern that's mm. forming on this stock right yes. now. So we've actually seen a big rise um, into this move up here. So it's not a positive pattern. In October 2019, a big rise into um, the high here, which was in February 2020 prior to COVID pullback. And then we've seen the rise into May 2020. Now, so far it hasn't confirmed, but if it takes out this low here in May 2020, then that means that it's yeah. more likely to keep going down. So that's a real risk with Polynovo. What it needs to do now, there's a whole heap of uh, resistance across here around 270. It really needs to take mm. a big leap through all of that and trade up strongly um, to get into an opportunity situation. Mm. So, okay, this month is actually down. We can see it there on the monthly chart at the moment. So what I'm effectively saying is it actually needs to be rising before yeah. you would even look at it, whereas a lot of people will be thinking the opposite. They'll think, okay, this has been a good stock. It's mm. rebounded quickly after COVID. It's a bit cheaper now, so I'll go get in and buy it. And what we're saying is that's not the way to think about it. Yeah, and I think it's the same what I said with that other stock. You know, right now it's it's two mm. days. It's, it's traded up. You know, through here, but if the close is right down in here at the end of the week, then you're likely it's going to challenge that low there. It mm. really will be. So, again, it's like I don't know how many times you've said it, don't worry about what's happening at the start of the week. You have a look at the end of the week, what's going yeah. on. And I know people say, well, what's why is this happening at the end of the day or why is this happening at the end of the week? And it's because that's when the professionals are in the market. Yeah and doing and placing their trades and doing what they need to do. And a lot of people, they're watching the market at the start of the day, making their decisions based on what they're seeing coming up on their screens and what mm. their apps are doing. And, and they're watching the depth of the market. I'm wondering and all the if things. they send out more recommendations on a particular day of the week. I'd be really interested to yeah, find out whether would, that was. They? Yeah, yeah I because, because I've noticed that over time, mm -hmm. I'd be judging the market on a Thursday, mm. what it did on a Thursday's close. And I've noticed that a lot of the time I'm getting really good um, signal on a Wednesday as mm. to what's going to happen at the end of the week. So it, it, I'm wondering if that technology side of things, is something's happening on a Wednesday. Well, probably, because I know back in the day, and it's probably way before your time when brokers didn't have massive computers and apps and all that sort of stuff. I remember being... I thought you were going to say no, something. No, look, I've been in brokers' houses for 30 years or more and that yeah. sort of stuff. And I was in brokers' houses and they were telling me about how Fridays they'd go and have their two-hour lunches yeah. and then they'd come back three-quarters cut and then they would sit around a table and go, what stock are we all going to sell? And we have a prize for whoever sells the most of it or, you know, either buy or sell it, depending on what but it that's is. A, that's in the old school, yeah. though. That's so, but it's that going. thinking, it was that mentality of yeah. we don't care what who's buying and selling it as long as we win the competition. Right. So they just ran, kept ringing their clients to sell to sell or buy this whatever stock they chose for the day without any rhyme and reason. So, but that was that mentality. And I know there's a lot more tightening up now with rules and regulations and a lot more... Um, compliance and everything else but again brokers make money when you trade that's what yeah, they do but there are some really good brokers out there correct that there's are, some brilliant brokers have a balance trade. but it still doesn't things. mean they're not pushing stocks yeah and so that's where your question is is mm. what day are they doing it how are they doing it and that's yeah. part of our thing is they're pushing stocks whether they're not necessarily good for you to buy or not is what you need to understand mm. so let's move on all right the last question? question that we have wow. is from David. I get lucky last one tonight. You always do. Hello, may I please, and it's such a nice, polite mm. um, question there, have your opinion on YPB Group. Okay, mm. WY. Uh, YPB being the code. <laughs> Their range of leading anti-counterfeit and retail engagement products are being increasingly adopted by brands all over the world to protect their customers and their brand reputations from a counterfeit and theft. Regards, David. I thought that was an interesting one. It is an interesting one. So let's one. have a look at this stock. Yeah, let's have a nice look at it. I hadn't heard of this stock before. Looks a liquid to me. Looks very liquid to me. Now you can see on the chart there. Like I had to press a button a few times just to see I had all the data. Oh, okay. There's big gaps. Um, but looking at it, um, the theory. See, this is where, when you get mm. into the stock market, a lot of the time you can end up starting at the wrong end, right? Mm. Reading about companies and finding out what they do, mm. and then trying to put that 
into a strategy to buy stocks mm. when often then you go on if you have no idea about the charts you wouldn't have a clue that it was like this or highly illiquid necessarily no. until you actually come to try to place your order and then see that when you're placing your order you might actually have an impact on the share price depending on the size of the trade that you're taking but you're right it just looks terribly illiquid i wouldn't even touch this stock mm. uh, i don't care whether it rises strongly over the next couple of months or not it's just so illiquid that to try you take mm. you risk is not just that the mark, the stock could turn against you. Your risk is actually that there'll be no market there for you to sell your stock at the yeah. price you want when you want to well, get out. You just, I mean, if you just need to multiply, like that's roughly 10 million shares traded on that week, mm. not a day, that week. And if you multiply two cents by 10 million, you don't get a lot of money. Yeah. So anybody watching could probably move the stock, the price mm. of the stock. And so these sorts of stocks would be open to more manipulation on the marketplace because they are so illiquid yep. but it might some you might get somebody put a bit of money into it so the volume increases price increases and then all the people watching their apps going wow this is moving i'll jump in on that because they're pushing it on the chat forum and then all of a sudden the person that had it is selling into that new demand yeah and that happens all the time and it's just that's the scary part about what goes on mm. at the moment but that's my answer to the question mm. you can take over now okay thank you well, My pleasure. It's now the end of tonight's show and I hope you've enjoyed it and thank you for participating. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, then send in your ideas and we'll have a look at your requests for, for our upcoming shows. Now, we had that one on superannuation, which we're going to follow up at mm. some point. Yeah. Remember to hit that subscribe button and like the video. Also, remember to share your video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so that the show can grow and help more people. Now, Dale, your turn. Oh, you're going to give up. me. You're going to let me speak. I now, let him right? have okay. a say. Also, remember to put our show onto your calendar, as we'll be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday, seven to eight pm. As always, we're happy to receive your thirty-second video questions. So send them I'm to info them. at wealthwithin.com.au and just type "wealth within live" in the subject line. You must do this before 3 p.m. on Tuesdays to get that night into that night's show now. I actually find that if you ask people nicely, it works better. Please send in a video, please. Is that nice? <laughs> please send me a video so Janine gets off my back. Anyway, that does bring us to the end of the show. And again, we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have bringing it to you. As always, thanks for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Good night, everyone, and stay, stay safe. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.